This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge, and we're inviting you to take it with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. Head to shop1in5.com to take the pledge. Make that commitment to shop one in five of your purchases towards a small business. We also invite you to shop the directory if you don't know where to find other small businesses. It's right there on the page. And we're asking for you to share the pledge. Imagine if each of us told three to four people about the Shop 1 in 5 pledge. It would be an incredible and life-changing for so many small businesses. Tell your friends, your family, and your social network. It costs nothing extra and makes a world of difference. Our purchases have the ability to change lives. Okay, let's jump in. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the Product Boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, Product Bosses. Did you know that every Wednesday, we have a live talk show called Bosses and Breakfast, where we chat business, mindset, mom life, and everything in between. It's a really fun time, and it feels like a conversation amongst friends. In fact, sometimes we have conversations that we don't necessarily know that they're going to lead to where they lead, but we get such an amazing reaction from our listeners and from our community and from our students that we actually wanted to bring it to you to hear today. Yes. Our favorite thing about Bosses and Breakfast is that we get to get together, we get to laugh, we get to be inspired about what's happening, and we get to check in with you and re-motivate you on why you're working so hard. So join us next time. We'd love to see you there. And here's that snippet from one of our shows that got tons of positive response where we all walked away feeling more inspired and motivated for the week. So let's jump in. So. Spring cleaning. So we're right. going to talk about spring cleaning and how we can spring clean in our business and what does that look like and what are some things that might need to happen for spring cleaning, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, a good way that I like to start with this is if you, any of you have the done method, we talk about this in the done method and it's the D, which is designate your space, designate your space. Okay. And so when people do that, they think space has to do with physical space. They think it has to do with being in an office or a workspace or perhaps wherever any of you work, whether it's your inventory room or whatever that is. And it is, of course, spring clean those areas, but it really has to do with more than that. Spring cleaning and designating your space is your workspace, as well as your mental space, as well as your calendar space. So all of those three things. So I'm going to say that again, workspace, calendar space, mental space. So what are you doing to spring clean that for yourself in a way that maybe it's not, it's really thinking about what you have existing 
and moving forward with the things that you want and letting go the things that you don't want. That's really what spring cleaning is about. Okay. Stepping into this new season. Workspace, calendar space, and? Uh, Mental space. Mental space. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's start with mental space. Okay. Okay. Um, Mental space. So it could be that you sit down and think about what thoughts are serving me right now that I want to carry forward and what thoughts are not serving me anymore that I want to let go of. That's a simple exercise right there, right? I think we all have thoughts, especially in the time of a little bit of traumatic feeling as we hit that March 15th time and felt very heavy in this time of, oh my gosh, the things that happened in this year and yet we we need to process it, but yet we still need to let it go. Okay. It moves through us. And so some some thoughts that might not be serving you. Um, one of the thoughts that I kept going back to, and we can you maybe go back and forth on some thoughts or some examples, but one of the thoughts for me is I was watching Miracle Morning and it, it really lit me up. Um, I actually tried Miracle Morning. If, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's a book by Hale Elrod. It's based off the framework Savers, which is silence, affirmations, visualizations, exercise, reading, and scribe, which is writing. And so I did it for a while and I, I actually was pretty great at it. Um, you know, I w- would wake up and this is before I met Jacqueline and um, I would wake up and I actually bought this one ticker timer. This is before, you know, Alexa and everything like that. I bought this one ticker timer, plugged it in. So at um, 630 in the morning, the light would automatically turn on by itself. And then so would I connected my aromatherapy thing to it and the aromatherapy would start. So I would wake up by my senses and by the light. Anyways, I did it for like three months and it was did great. Did you have and children? I mean, did you have a baby yeah. at that oh, point? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I had two. Yeah. That was yeah. this was I I wanted something different. So it was after uh after the during the heart surgery time. You know, I was like trying to like kind of pull myself out of the funk, out of the, you know, hardship and feeling that way. And it did help, but I didn't stick with it. And so, but I felt like I wanted something. So, anyways, one of those thoughts that I'm having again right now is that. I'm not a morning person. And I think that that holds me back a lot. Um, since Jacqueline moved to the West Coast. I didn't move. I've just been traveling. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've lived there for a year. So no, I haven't. I mean, practically, you it know. It feels like for you. But anyways, yeah, yeah. I digress. I've been traveling and I've been on the Pacific, like on this side, on this yeah. coast. Yeah. So since she's been on the West Coast, um, usually I would wake up and I would kind of like bounce out of bed because Jacqueline was an hour ahead of me before. And I would so wake I'd up wake to her up. <laughs> Yeah. And it was like, it was an easy wake up. You know, I'd be like, oh, what are we working on now? Now, I mean, I'm waking up at like 8.30. Today, I woke up at 9.15. Um, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. So, so you know. So you and I are waking up at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. My whole clock is thrown off. So that's just one of the thoughts. It's a very simple thought. It's not a profound one by any means, but it's one that I often go back to that I think I want to tweak that in my brain. Because no matter what your brain thinks, if you say, I am dumb, your brain believes it. They have your brain does oh, not yeah. know the difference between truth or you know myth. So your brain will believe whatever you're saying. We hence the power of of affirmations. So if you say to yourself, 
I'm not a morning person, it's telling yourself that you are indeed not a morning person. Anyway, so that's one of the new things I've been working on is waking up or thinking about how I want to wake up, you know? Yeah. And, you know, um, speaking of that, and I say I'm a night person, right? And it's mm-hmm. kind of the same idea, right? right? Because I would, especially creatives, how many of you feel like oh your creative feel time is at night? At night. It's a problem. Like it goes dark and I'm like, oh, now I can start a new project. You know, I'm going to paint a wall or the world is quiet. Yes. And I think I was trained like that in art school because we would have major deadlines and we would have, we would work on it through the whole night. I mean, where we'd wake up, we wouldn't go to sleep. It'd be like five, six in the morning. I'd be calling my like college classmates and being like, did you get your project done? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it would be an IV of coffee. So it was this definite grind. And I think artsy artistic people get in a zone and when it's quiet and it's dark you get to um stay awake we're talking about whether you're a morning person night person we're talking about just we're actually talking about spring cleaning our lives right so i'll tell you that one of my biggest struggles not necessarily saying the idea of um night person but what it actually was is i wasn't getting enough sleep so mm-hmm. I started working with a, like a health coach this last year and she's like the best time, the most recharged time for your body is from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. So I really had to figure out how to get in bed and try and be asleep somewhere in that realm. And usually now it's like 10 to 10.30. So cut two, I can actually get up in the morning and have energy. And I realized it was because I was doing myself this disservice of constantly staying up so late that obviously I'm not a morning person because I was mm-hmm. up six hours ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, in the documentary, it says that, um, the thing that holds the most weight is getting up at the same time every morning. Mm. So not necessarily that you have to sleep at the same time every night. You just have to consistently wake up at the same time every morning, no matter what day it is. And yeah. so that really helps like your body wake up in a certain way. So the waking up part is the major part. So not we're so talking much, about you know, Yeah. So we're talking about spring cleaning ideas. And right now we're talking about mental space, like spring cleaning Mm -hmm. mental space. So here's another idea from mental space for all of you. So Mina is talking about thoughts and thoughts that your mind doesn't know whether it should believe or not. So what thoughts are not serving you? And then the other side of mental space is actually creating your plan. So Mm -hmm. what does the Q2 look like for you? We're we're all on the cusp of April, which is Q2. While we all have, and if you work with us, we've we've created one-year plans and goals. We all have these one-year goals or, you know, 2021, um, what do we want to do with it? But you have to break them up into segments. We don't know what's to come. And probably the most we can... Con- like kind of concretely plan for is the next quarter, the next 90, the next 90 days, right? Which is what we work on. We're working on in our masterminds. It's what we work on. Um, for those of you in multi-shoe machine, we technically, we like to focus on the 90 because uh-huh. you could take action. So Mina and I did this yesterday. We have our, our year goal, like our revenue goal, and then we've broken it up into quarterly chunks and all we, you know, we more or less know what we've hit in Q1. We know what we need to continue to hit to hit our goal. And then we're like, what are our initiatives? What are we doing? What are our promotions? What are we selling in Q2? So I think as you're all thinking about mental space too for spring, there's also the idea of like putting it down on paper, creating a plan and knowing what am I going to do April, May, and June for my business. And that helps put stuff out and make a plan so that your, your brain energy doesn't have to feel like it's spinning, but rather you can look to paper and say, oh, this is my plan for the spring. Right. And I think that that quarterly does indeed help with mental space in that you get it out of your brain, but also because 
it's really hard to be busy every single month and be up here. You're going to always go, it's, you know, it's ups and downs. There's busy months and slow months. So as you move into it, like for example, February was a slow month for myself and Jacqueline, and then it will be um, June. That will be a slower month for us as well. So when you dip, and you instead look at the plan holistically in a way of quarterly, holistically quarterly, it's helpful to you because you don't spiral out thinking, oh my gosh, what's happening? Nobody's ever going to buy again. You know, what do I need to do now? I need to uh, change everything. It just gives you a little bit of clarity into what an average would be for that, those months, but also what your goal is for the quarter instead of monthly. Because if you all have a team, and even if you don't have a team, it, it, it feels disappointing or discouraging to yourself and your team if you're constantly looking at the slow month and feeling like it should be the same as a busy month, right? But really, when you look at it, it should just hit the quarter goal, right? Because everybody has slower months. I mean, you want that actually. You want to have those peaks and valleys, you know? I actually don't remember what we did in February. I just know that we were busy. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) So that's the thing, right? So in February, we were gearing up for March, which is when you have all heard about the masterminds. We reconfigured the mastermind. We built it out. It was a new product. So for all of you, as you are you know, in those other slower months where maybe the revenue isn't as high, but you are working on something. So whether it's working on your spring collection, whether it is um, working in your business versus on your business, right? When you work in your business is when you're really busy. When you work on your business is when there's maybe some more space in your calendar. Um, Mm -hmm. I love this over here. We've got two masterminders on Instagram. So be happy designs. Brooke says so close to my Q1 goal, planning it out like this has helped so much because she's worked with us in the mastermind to plan out her goals. And now she knows she's going to hit her Q1. So what does she get to do with that moving forward into Q2? She gets to see what worked, what didn't work, what felt aligned and what she's going to do next and made for mama's shop. Who's also in the mastermind is like, yay. So I'm really excited for all of you to think about that. So because that was mental space. Those are a couple ideas, right? Mm -hmm. What thoughts aren't serving you? And then what thoughts and plans can you get out on paper as you start to plan for the next 90 days for the next quarter? Yeah. All right. What would you like to go to next? Calendar or space? Mm, Physical space seems relatively easy. So physical space for all of us probably changed a bit when our kids came home, at least mine did. I was already working from home, but the way that I've always been the most productive is that I know ultimately that I don't need a lot to get to work. I think that when people procrastinate, sometimes it's a productive procrastination. Sometimes it's a perfectionist procrastination, meaning they need their office to look a certain way. They need the aesthetics to feel a certain way. They need a, I don't know, they need their, they need to redo the bookshelves, you know, but realistically, you actually just need a mode of whatever that looks like. And the workspace is you and your computer typically and your product, right? So I like to like bare bones it of, I like, I enjoy my office. I actually put like my makeup and stuff in here and, and it makes me feel a certain way. Sometimes I'll rearrange my office, but when I would, before the kids were home, I would basically, I basically knew that if I threw my laptop, my headphones, my 
yeah, notepad. And those were the only things I needed into a tote. I could go anywhere, the library, the coffee shop on a trip if I really wanted to. And I could still be really productive. It wasn't like I was waiting for like the perfect scenario. And I think that that's sometimes what holds people back. They're like, oh gosh, I want to work, but this, 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 and this is really distracting me. I need to do the dishes. I need to do the, you know, uh, a load of laundry or, or whatever it is. So physically, I think that we have to remember you need very little to just show up on a video to talk about your product. You need very little to um, optimize your website, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on Shopify. You know, you basically have everything that you need if you have the internet and you don't even sometimes need the internet. Yeah. yeah. There's things that you can hand a paper, but oh, yeah. the there's... other thing was my phone because some, a lot of times you need your phone to take videos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think the thing here is that, and tell us if you feel this way or what you do, but Mina and I, when we're feeling anxious or stressed out or kind of like stuck, we'll mm-hmm. clean. So we'll yeah. organize at that point. Like g- give me a good cutlery drawer or like a pantry. And I'm like, okay, if I can put this into organization and kind of, and be busy, then I'll, it'll help me do something. A lot of times you'll spin out into anxiety because you don't have an answer yet, right? You're just Mm -hmm. kind of like you're cycling and spinning. So sometimes the act for me of putting something away and seeing a finished result, like I did, I have to do something and I have a result makes me kind of feel like I'm settling. So there's that. There's also people though, that will, like Mina said, they'll be like, I can't, you know, maybe you guys all have to, you know, do some sort of production and you keep putting it off and you're like, I just can't do it because this place is a mess. I'm going to spend the next two days and like purge all of my inventory. Well, that might not be the thing to do at that point, or maybe it is to get you like, get you going. So I think spring, spring cleaning is a really good time to, to look at your product. So we're going to talk about real actual spring cleaning. This would be a really good time for you to look at your inventory to count mm-hmm. your inventory if it's not a busy, busy time, because we're going to get into a busy time. Count your inventory, look at it, start to track it and know what you have. Again, like I, for me, it's like my mental space, knowing where we're going and then knowing what I have. So that would be a really yeah. good time for inventory. And also, where are you working? Is there a day or two that you can like clean up your work table, your ship station? Can you get that organized or do you have someone on your team that can help you organize, right? But don't let that be the thing that you're doing because you don't want to do some of the work that you have to get done Mm because that is a, a thing too. So I think it's the idea right now with spring cleaning is also knowing where you stand. What are we going into? We have some major holidays coming up. We have Easter mm-hmm. for some of you is a big deal. We have Mother's, Mother's Day, which Day, is graduation, Father's Summer Day is coming. So many things. It's basically the second, you know, lump of promotional time for consumer buying that we that you all have to kind of get ready for. Now, I do think that you could definitely purge and things like that. Um, but I I love what Jacqueline is saying about getting organized with your inventory. What do you have on the shelves to sell? What do you need to produce more of? I know a lot of people said, you know, but what if I'm making then I need all these things, you know, aside from my computer or whatever. That's what somebody had said over here on Instagram. Um, kind of, right? Because production is a different department. I'm thinking of you guys as the visionaries of your business, right? Susan Gordon Pottery, for example, she is a maker. She owns a pottery business, but she has people who make for her. So ultimately, even though you're a maker, you would do that in the times when you want to be making. You want to be making, right? Not in the times when um, you actually 
should very much step into being the visionaries of your business as well, because you'll need to have that in the strategy that comes up for your business as well. You know, what promotions are you doing? What offerings are you going to be giving your customers? Where's the focus that your team is going to have? How much production is there going to be as well as, you know, how are you going to sell it? Right. Those are things that very much need to be done by you probably versus you making, you actually pouring the candles, you actually putting the wicks in there, you actually checking to see how, you know, organizing the inventory or whatever that is. So that's kind of where I was thinking when I was giving that, um, that example. Yeah. And I think we're talking to, depending on where you are in your business, right? The goal for all of you is to do what Mina's saying, right? So the goal for all Mm -hmm. of you is as much as so many of you are the makers, who's a maker here that's doing everything. As you start to grow and put it in the chat, as you start to grow, exactly what Mina says. And so this is, again, maybe some of that mental clutter is I am the only one who can do this versus your zone of genius as the owner of this business as you know, whether you want to be the CEO, the creative visionary officer, just the boss of your business, your real role is exactly what Mina said. You're strategizing, you're looking long-term. If you had a team member, that team member would come to you and say, this is our inventory. What do we do with it? And you get to make the decisions of, well, what do we do? What do we need to put on sale to move out and turn back into cash? What are we going to bring forward as our new spring collection to sell for Mother's Day, which is a really big season, right? Um, What strategy needs to be built in? That's where we're trying to get you to. That's what we do in our masterminds, right? That's what we're working on with them, whether they're just about to hit six figures, whether they're six figures, multi six figures, um, or even seven figures. It's the same thing throughout all of the stages of business is there's always going to be that mental strategy that you all do as the owners and the bosses. And then there's going to be the doing. And eventually we're working on trying to take the doing off your plate because mm-hmm. one day you'll have a team that is p- doing your production and it's their responsibility to clean up that area, right? Mm-hmm. Not you. You guys aren't going to walk, even though, you know, there's some nights you might be like, I'm just going to organize the whole yeah. place. So, I mean, even if you had one person, imagine even if you got two hours back in your day, what that would do for you mentally, right? Mm-hmm. So that is even when you don't think about a team, just having one additional person helping you is all the difference. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and we've seen that real quick. That's happened even in when it's not COVID times or those of you in certain places right now, it's like, I've seen some videos of Nashville. There's no COVID there. It appears um, <laughs> like this would down- be amazing. <laughs> Broadway, downtown Broadway is like, as if it's spring break in normal days. So depending uh-huh. on where you are in the world and how you're approaching the pandemic. Um, but a- another way is getting your house cleaned every other week. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not that they're cleaning up your workspace, but because you save a few hours back of your day to pay somebody to clean your home so that you can do the things that are the needle movers, right? Spend time with your family or do more work in your business, that kind of thing. Right. So just thinking about it, the help can be personal and the help can be for your business, but it's about you all as the boss getting your time back. Well, friends, I hope you had as much fun as we did. If you want to hang out with us live, join us every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern over at our Facebook page or Instagram. And if you want to hear the whole show, click on the link in our show notes and we'll see you over there. This episode is brought to you by the shop one in five pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. 
Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop One in Five Pledge, and we're inviting you to take the pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. We're inviting you to take the pledge if you head to shop one in five com. The link is in the show notes. And when you get there, please make sure to share the pledge with your friends, your family, and your customers. Let's invite everyone to take the shop one in five pledge so that we can all use our purchasing power to change lives. <laughs>